Welcome back. It's a Monday, the 25th day of February 2024. I'm your host, Mark Collin. It's been a really busy weekend, a whole lot of news today. Much of it, of course, of the, well, maybe not surprising. We should have heard it before, but we didn't variety. A whole bunch of other things of the, uh, yeah, people are really starting to get PO'd variety. And finally, we'll start with this because I've got to do a headline review in a minute here. There's so much of it to talk about. From no longer Great Britain and the land of their censors, the children's classic Mary Poppins, back before Disney went completely pedophile, has had its age rating lifted from an unrated to PG over what the British censors call discriminatory language. It hasn't been for 60 years, but suddenly it is now. Ironically, now that racism of the correct kind, of course, is now politically correct. The British Board of Film Classification says a piece from the Daily Mail has lifted the age rating for the 1964 tale of Julie Andrews as a magical nanny from a U to PG because it contains that so-called discriminatory language. Admiral Boom, you may remember, a minor character who believes he's a naval commander in charge of a ship, uses the word Hottentot in the film. He says, we're being attacked by the Hottentots and then aim some fireworks at them. And that is Achtung Verboten. You know what, folks? Actually, if I had any problem with the film and might want to prevent children from watching it, it's because it glorifies 1960s-style pre-PC feminism. The mother of Jane and Martha Banks is a suffragette and sings a celebrated song about how men are stupid. We're clearly soldiers in petty coats and dauntless crusaders for women's votes. Though we adore men individually, But notice how that kind of bigotry didn't raise an eyebrow even then. Cast off the shackles of yesterday, shoulder to shoulder into the fray. Our daughters' daughters will adore us, and they'll sing in grateful chorus. Well done! Well, at this point, folks, I guess that's if their daughters' daughters ever actually have daughters of their own. Here's a story that you probably actually have heard, but it's interesting enough that it bears a bit of repetition. The actually elected president, Donald Trump, has crushed the rhino warmonger Nikki Newcomb Haley in her own state of South Carolina. Not only that, but by the biggest margin in that state's history. Donald Trump got over twice as many votes as the next biggest Republican ever on the ballot there. And in what should have been a devastating fatal blow to her pitiful campaign, humiliated her in a 60-40 landslide. But she claims she's not going to let something like utter rejection by the voters discourage her. After all, she has the likes of California tyrant Gruesome Newsom in her corner. Maybe she's hoping to be his VP candidate. And CNN sycophants certainly like her, too. Well, at least for a Republican and white besides. Obviously, she appeals to their dictatorial urges and maybe a desire to see some mushroom clouds to boot. Still, though, referring to the Trump landslide, they just couldn't believe it. Quote, it doesn't make sense, shouted one of the leftists. Still, though, for the utterly knee-jerk communist response, I guess you have to go to MSNBC. As Tyler Durden notes, sometimes it's better to just say nothing and let the corporate media spin their own propaganda and then stew in it. Lawrence O'Donnell and the other pundits chimed in during MSNBC's coverage of the South Carolina Nikki Haley disaster to make the argument, if you can believe this, that Donald Trump's crushing devastation of Nikki Haley in her own home state is actually somehow a disastrous result that will lead to his defeat, inevitably compared to the brilliant, unbelievably capable 
Joe Biden, because senile guy managed to get 96% against uh, nobody. These numbers, he said, are disastrous for Donald Trump. Go figure. And remember, since South Carolina runs what's called an open primary, any Democrat that wanted to could cross over and vote for Nikki Haley anyway. How'd that work out for him? Which leads us to the disaster and slow-motion train wreck of a U.S. military run by a senile commander-in-chief, which obviously has far better and more important things to do, like pushing transgenderism and politically correct wokeness than defending an open U.S. border. And uh, now they have this to deal with. The U.S. Air Force late Sunday confirmed that one of its own highly trained active duty members, yeah, the kind of soldier and sailor and airman that you can be proud of, folks, pun intended, set himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. in order to protest, what, the open border? The destruction of the U.S. military by political correctness? No, the war in Gaza. While in military uniform, the man was heard saying he will, quote, no longer be complicit in genocide, and then self-immolated, essentially lighting himself on fire with a Molotov cocktail in a live stream video, which has since been removed from the Internet. The U.S. Air Force issued their statement through a spokeswriter saying, I can confirm an active duty airman was involved in today's incident. The man who's not been officially identified still seems to answer to Aaron Bushnell. And as he began to light himself on fire, he said, I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest. But compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all, he said, as he lit himself on fire. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal, which ironically, folks, may end up being the most truthful thing he said. He's reportedly in critical condition after eventually being transported to the hospital. It's reported the U.S. Secret Service was the first on scene, which I guess might raise a few eyebrows. And not to worry, the incident is being investigated by the U.S. Secret Service and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco und Firearms. No one else was hurt in the incident. And according to the Daily Mail's coverage Monday morning, the man seems to have been, I hope you're sitting down, folks, involved in radical far-left groups. Besides the U.S. Air Force, you mean? He's a DevOps engineer based in San Antonio, Texas, according to his LinkedIn file, and appears to have at least two major connections to far-left anarchist groups, one called the Burning River Anarchist Collective and another called the Mutual Aid Street Solidarity both of which he followed on to Facebook. And perhaps all we can add at this point is, don't you feel better knowing that one more time, it's just so clear how well the United States is being defended. And the screening and training is almost as top-notch as the leadership from the very, very top. From there, let's go back and talk about some things that happened over the weekend and just going into the weekend, starting with a bit of counterpoint that came out late, because sometimes they just come right out and tell you what they intend to do. This one comes from Paul Joseph Watson via Modernity News, as well as Zero Hedge, and, surprisingly, but really not, from MSNBC, where a black activist lawyer named Ben Crump, who specializes in civil rights cases, sick, and was an attorney for the families of Ahmed Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and the infamous George Floyd, actually came right out and said what you already knew they've been thinking. If you want to eliminate crime in the United States, hey! Just make it all legal, and then we don't have a problem. Well, the destroyers, at least, don't have a problem. Everybody else certainly does. And those who are reporting crime don't have to report anything, which makes the propaganda a lot easier. Said one of the many commentators who saw it, this is probably the most insane thing you ever heard, even from MSNBC. 
celebrity black activist lawyer Ben Crump, and then the hashtag is at Ben Crump Law, says that criminal behavior in America is just black culture. Yeah, see, it's just culture. And you know what, folks? There's enough truth in that that it ought to scare the living hell out of everybody that's been paying attention to what they're doing to the culture. He demands the legalization of crime, and the interesting or scary thing is that a whole bunch of other black racial activists have all expressed their agreement, including those with him there on stage. Here's the actual quote. We can get rid of all the crime in America overnight, just like that, said Crump to his fellow guests, one of whom was the infamous Al Sharpton. And people ask, how, Attorney Crump? Well, change the definition of crime. Of course, said another of the guests. If you wanted to find what conduct is going to be made criminal, you can predict who the criminals are going to be, added Crump. Now that, folks, is a really telling statement. Let me read it again. If you wanted to find what conduct is going to be made criminal, you can predict who the criminals are going to be. And so guess what? If you criminalize doing business, you can make criminals of everybody that needs to be made criminals while you allow the real criminals to have their way with them. Helps to disarm the intended victims first, too, as we've seen. And this is real big nowadays, too. It's called violation of the ex post facto clause in the Constitution. You just make whatever they did in the past criminal and then go after them for it, especially if you want to rig the next presidential election. But as I thought about this story, I couldn't help but also remember one of the most famous quotations from all of the writings of Ayn Rand. And in this case, it's from Atlas Shrugged. And it goes something like this, quote, There's no way to rule innocent men. The only power any government has is the power to crack down on criminals. Well, when there aren't enough criminals, one makes them. One declares so many things to be a crime that it becomes impossible for men to live without breaking laws, unquote. And it looks like this criminal attorney, and I think that's really the right way to phrase it, has come up with the converse of that. You criminalize the conduct that has built society, and then you decriminalize the conduct that you intend to use to destroy it. It's kind of like a double whammy. And when it comes to recognizing where that leads and what happens to society when literally lawlessness abounds and evil is celebrated, you could even say they call evil good and good evil, this next exchange from the show is, uh, well, educational. Another guest responded by saying that all black people were criminals by nature. Huh? If anybody else said that, you know they'd be called a racist, and rightfully so. To which Crump responded, quote, They made the laws to criminalize our culture, black culture, unquote. Well, uh, actually, no. And here's what they're missing, folks. In this case, the law was made by the creator himself. Things like, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal. And that seems to be the essence of the culture that's being undermined. Listen to a bit more of the discussion here. In this case, after the show was over, on uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter, now called X, one individual noted this has clearly been the Democrat position. It's also the communist position, folks. They're just still breaking people into it a bit more gradually. He's just saying the quiet part out loud. Another one noted, well, actually, he's pretty close to being right because black African and tribal cultures allow a lot of killing and taking of property. And the concept of private property is really from European culture. It's from scripture. Let's not forget that. European culture was successful for centuries even while they actually understood that. But, said he and others, we don't want that kind of behavior here. Which, by the way, and your host can't help but note this again, is why they're importing that kind of culture by the tens of millions. And finally, somebody noted, and maybe this is really the bottom line, it's certainly the intent, your host will suggest. Does anybody still doubt that there's no fixing this? At least not anymore? After all, when Sodom and Gomorrah got there, if we've read the book anyway, we know what happened. 
The scumbags and absolute traitors and criminal mob bosses in New York City and the uh, the criminal uh, state of New York decided that, um, you know, the rule of law is so dead, stick a fork in it, we are going to literally just reveal to everyone how corrupt we truly are. Now, I'm, I'm looking at a couple pieces here. This is Letitia James, uh, a, a scumbag, if there ever was one, Soros plant. And um, essentially, uh, some great pieces by Martin Armstrong uh, this week and others uh, pointing out that literally what's happened here is that um, developers, uh, entrepreneurs, people that have uh, wanted to invest money in New York are realizing that you are a blankety-blanken fool if you put a contract in place in New York and think it's not going to be stolen. Because if they can do it to Trump, and if they can literally create ex post facto laws and say, you know, the contract doesn't mean squat, the way that you have done business, legal as it may be, doesn't mean squat. If we want to steal your property, we will. So we saw at the end of the week here that um, the uh, the so-called attorney general of the, the corrupt state says they intend to seize Trump's building. If he can't pay, and they, they know blankety-blanken, well, he can't because uh, even a billionaire can't raise uh, a third of a billion dollars in cash in the 30 days that they have given him because they intend to steal it all anyway. So um, essentially what Martin Armstrong says is New York is so completely out of control that um, anybody that has half a brain needs to just get out of there because ultimately the property is going to be no bid. So the interesting thing is they essentially said Trump's buildings aren't worth what um, what he claims and what the bank was willing to loan him on them. Uh, nope. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that they're not worth anything because we intend to buy them up for pennies on the dollar once we drive everybody out of this place. So it is, it's just plain evil. Um, there was a trucker boycott, as you know. The uh, leader of it, at least the one that the pr- press proclaimed to be leader, is called Chicago Ray, and uh, he basically had to uh, he had to read something it looks like or or post something, and uh, he he claims oh no they didn't they didn't make me do this but nevertheless all of his videos are down quote no one's got to me I ain't scared of you know what he said as he stepped down and withdrew everything and uh, slunk into the uh, in the backdrop now I'm not blaming him I'm sure they probably threatened his family or worse. Uh, but um, it just goes to show you that these people, they don't not only play fair, they don't play at all. They intend to kill. Okay. So the uh, the important thing is that if, if there is a trucker resistance, it needs to be leaderless resistance. And, uh, again, one of the other things we'll probably see is developers and others just simply saying, okay, we're not going to play at all in New York. Then, turning to another corrupt city and some other corrupt scumbags, um, Remember um, Fannie Willis, the DA in Atlanta, who essentially uh, did a little bit of um, hiring her her lover boy and uh, doesn't need any um, any permission from the uh, the city council there and so forth. Uh, what this is kind of interesting though, because this came out late today. I don't know if you if you saw this or not. According to the far left Atlanta, and as Rush Limbaugh used to say, the late Rush Limbaugh, the Atlanta Urinal and Constipation. The authorities in uh, in the area here, the real ones, geo-tracked old um, Nathan Wade. So I guess he doesn't know that your phone will rat you out. And uh, he testified, along with Fannie Lyon Willis, they testified under oath. Now, these are the people that are going to try to go after Trump for RICO violations, when in fact what they're doing is racketeering. So... They uh, they testified that no no they didn't start sleeping together and then doing the um, doing the stuff for money until after uh, she had already gotten the job and and uh, hired him to be um, a know nothing prosecutor. Well, what's funny is the geolocation data said nope y'all are lying. 
Um, Nathan Wade made at least 35 visits to the neighborhood where Fannie Willis was living before the district attorney hired him to lead the so-called election interference prosecution. This, according to telephone data, included in a new court um, submission on Friday. Uh, at least twice he spent the night, evidently, arriving late at night, leaving early the next morning. They claimed, of course, under oath that no, none of that happened. They didn't spend the night together. And as uh, Megan Kelly put it, um, Fanny is finished. It's stunning, she said, that Team Trump got their hands on this. Um, but more evidence that the prosecutors lied under oath. They're looking at perjury charges, worse discipline from the bar. There's zero chance they can stay on the case. It's done. And... Uh, I guess that's good news, but the the sad thing, folks, is this was a bogus prosecution anyway, and the fact that these people are slime and they lied under oath is shouldn't surprise anybody. All right, meanwhile, in Kansas City, as you might be aware, there was a shooting this week, and it uh, turns out that it didn't fit the narrative, so the press had to pretty well deep-six it. And um, it's interesting to me, I'm looking at a piece from the Daily Mail, the, um, the there were two minors that were charged with shooting. They literally... Turns out they were gangbangers, and they opened up on each other, and they sprayed the crowd, and they shot a whole bunch of people. And then what? Well, the mayor, the governor, and the press covered it all up. They said, you can't know who these people are because they're minors. And uh, the words that they didn't use that appeared later were that they were gangbangers and that they were also black, which all of hell, which helps explain why it is that we can't be told the truth about them. And um, Jack Posobiec pointed out, and he was not... Uh, among a number that did, when it comes to being a minor, well, it seems that only if they're gangbangers and they commit actual murder do the, um, the press and the uh, prosecution care. Kyle Rittenhouse, he was a minor. They wanted to hang him. They made his name a uh, household word because they tried to convince you he needed dying. Remember the Kansas City Chiefs nine-year-old boy who had Indian blood in him, evidently? Holden Armenta. He was a minor. They doxed him, and they made him a household word. Then there's Nick Sandman, too, who was also a minor. And um, all of these people are minors, and, and, but they get doxed anyway. But when it comes to gangbanging murders, oh, no, no problem. We're going to hide their identities from you because, again, there's a narrative here we need to push. Now, one other interesting thing. Turns out one of the two minors wasn't even a minor. They lied about that, too. He was 23. Okay. Uh, then there's this on the racism angle. Gulag, which is, of course, uh, the company that people mispronounce by saying that, uh, you know, uh, don't be evil was their motto. Anyway, they have a new AI. Uh, it's a model called Gemini. And Gemini will draw drawings for you. Of course, it lies. That's the problem. And this was kind of fascinating. If you, if you heard this, um, give me some ones on the screen if you heard about this. Uh, Gulag had to go into damage control after one of its artificial intelligence models was caught engaging in what they call historical revisionism. So they asked it to draw pictures of the founding fathers. And guess what? Um, there were a few people that might have been recognizable in there, but there were also um, blacks that weren't there. Uh, how about uh, show us some famous 17th century physicists? You might think they would draw a picture of Isaac Newton or something. Oh, no. No, they're black. Well, as a matter of fact, all of the pictures that they drew were of um, of black men, strong black men. And the, 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 the articles here are just absolutely legion. Describe some historic black figures in history, and it wrote two pages worth of fawning praise. And then the same guy says, just for drill, um, tell, me, um, tell me if there's any white men that, um, that you think are worthwhile. And the answer was, no, no, we can't say that because it would encourage racial, racial stereotyping. Over and over again, um, 
Here's Elon Musk's comment. The woke mind virus is killing Western civilization. Um, Gulag does the same thing with their search results, uh, Facebook and Instagram, too, and Wikipedia. Uh, I can't believe that uh, they let this happen. And then when, when push came to shove, what's funny is, I ask about how come it's so racist. Gemini blames its own creators, <laughs> which at least is true, because they're the ones that programmed it and uh, and gave it all the uh, uh, the input that it needed. Now, what the, the real point here is this is 1984 writ large. Remember what Orwell wrote correctly and presciently? He who controls the present controls the past, and he who controls the past controls the future, and they do that by rewriting history. One more example, Harvard professor was uh, interviewed by uh, Barry Weiss of the Free Press this week, and uh, he pointed out that when he did a, st- a study, and he was encouraged to do so because of some stuff that came out during the uh, uh, Michael Brown uh, incident in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, he said he decided to see whether there were racial bias in police shootings. And the answer is, couldn't find any. And the study came out in 2016 showing there were no racial differences in officer-involved shootings. As a matter of fact, if anything, um, what the data showed, now it might not have been statistically significant, though, was that you were safer being a black man when it came to being shot by cops than white. But the problem is, as he said, when he published his study, all hell broke loose because you're not allowed to say things that are not politically correct. And he literally had to have armed guards and so forth. So that's that's part of uh, kind of where we're at. Um, finally, there was an, a little bit of good news this week. In Utah, something called the Utah Constitutional Sovereignty Act was passed and actually signed into law by the legislature, uh, I mean by the governor after the legislature passed it. Uh, it establishes a framework for the legislature by concurrent resolution to prohibit the establishment of a federal directive within the state if the legislature determines it violates state sovereignty or their constitution or the federal constitution. So, uh, interesting. Um, finally, there's this out of Brazil, and I guess this just came out late. Um, it's, it's, it's from the category of unintended consequences, and gee, who could have thought it? There was a study that came out about these uh, blankety-blanken damnable cretins, and I'm trying to be as kind as I can, uh, Bill Gates Foundation and their malaria vaccine that they've released, and their bioengineered Franken-mosquitoes. They released 5 billion of these mosquitoes into Brazil, claiming that it would save lives. Oops, it didn't. In the first five weeks after the release of the mosquitoes, there were four times more dengue fever cases than there were in the same period a year ago. So sorry. Well, no, wait a minute. There's more. What they found was alarming in the stream, uh, a number in the extreme. A number of scientists, uh, one, some from Yale, other institutes in Brazil, monitored the progress of the experiment. They found that uh, far from dying out and not doing what it was supposed to do, that the mosquitoes uh, bred and that a small fraction became dominant, and they developed what they called a hybrid vigor which created a more robust population, literally destroying the ecosystem, and uh, might have other characteristics they don't even know yet, but they're calling them super mosquitoes as a result from the uh, genetically modification. This was not supposed to happen, said Professor of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology Jeffrey Powell. Um, The claim that these genes from the strain would not get into the general population uh, because offspring would die was obviously not what happened. But it is the unanticipated outcome that is concerning, kind of like the Andromeda strain. 
Uh, it turns out that um, just a few engineered organisms can irrevocably alter an ecosystem. They introduced billions. And uh, the Brazil re- results, and here's the key sentence, show that the experiment was and remains, because they don't know yet what's been done, a catastrophic failure. As the new strain is anything but self-limiting, uh, what will be the results? They don't know. But let's just release a few billion genetically engineered Franken mosquitoes into the ecosystem and see how many people we can kill. Uh, this is damnable in the extreme, folks, and it's amazing. Wrap it up today with a late headline courtesy of Ed Dowd, whose research led him to come out and say the following. 33 million individuals in the United States have now died or been disabled or have had chronic health problems because of the COVID not vaccine. And that's about 10% of the entire population. Be not deceived and may Yahuwah bless you and yours.